That was uh, that was pretty cheesy. Yeah, well, is, I is thought me it calling hard. is me calling Charlie a boomer like the beginning of the show though. You just talking <laughs> about are we going live on Facebook? He did just say that. Okay, welcome to Bitcoin Season Two. It's our second episode. Call and I ran back on the first one, but uh, we realized we actually didn't explain what Bitcoin Season Two is in the first place. So we brought on Charlie, the best person to do that. Ambassador so Charlie, of Bitcoin Season Two. He kind of is. Charlie, tell us what Bitcoin Season Two is. I guess. <laughs> tell us what you're thinking when you made that intro. I know it was like Canva. It took you well, like 10, 10 seconds. But... Oh man, you you called me out. You knew it was Canva. Look, Bitcoin <laughs> Season Two. I've tried to write down what I think it is a few times, but it keeps changing, shifting under my feet. But basically, take all you knew about Bitcoin, throw it out the window, and then go out, pick up the pieces that you like, and then bring them back inside, and then maybe reconsider what this blockchain is. Um, it's way more fun. It's way more optimistic, way more inclusive. And um, it's it's what's what's weird. Like one trend that I'm seeing is that you think like the the giant like onboarding of all like the 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 extra billion, the next billion people, you'd think that become where Bitcoin becomes less technical, but we're actually seeing Bitcoin become like more emphasis on the technical side of things. So it's this kind of weird hybrid of like it's growing both in its cultural significance and kind of cultural focus as well as it's like like going back to its like techie roots so i don't know we don't really know what bitcoin season two is uh i don't know what do you guys think it is i think bitcoin season two is like where platform maximalism meets monetary maximalism i think like we're actually having a lot of conversations that were being had uh before i ever um got involved in anything bitcoin related i'd started writing about it in 2017 but you know you had a lot of conversation in the uh, early days with like things like counterparty right and other kind of um layers built on bitcoin like omni about is bitcoin just strictly money or is it is it a, a kind of uh, platform for you know um, internet money computations and things like that and it seems like now um, there is a new wave of users who are demanding um, use cases and or saying, well, what about all these other things that we could be using Bitcoin for rather than just economic transactions? Um, shout out to uh, Shinobi on uh, what Bitcoin did. He talked about this a little bit. I think he had a lot of really good points. I feel like that's kind of the big cultural divide right now. And I also think that in the last bear market and even in the last bull market after Taproot, you had a lot of people who just said, okay, well, uh, we had Taproot. That's kind of it. You know, we don't really need anything else to improve Bitcoin. And I think Bitcoin season two is the idea that actually we're just in the early innings here. There are a lot of other things that we can be doing uh, to improve Bitcoin as both a monetary and platform layer um, for, you know, any any number of, of kind of uh, applications. So nicely done. I think Bitcoin season two is about scammers coming on to Bitcoin selling tokens. <laughs> The screenwriters of Bitcoin season two needed the money. There was a, there was a, there was a, what do you call it? The writer's strike the past yeah. few years. It's a Hollywood the writer's back strike. In the office, they figured out how to monetize. I don't know, like season two doesn't mean that it's not the same character. You, you star some of the same legacy cast members, but you introduce some new ones. I think maybe one conversation we could have is like, who are the, who are the starring actors of season two and, and what are their roles? What's the Jeremy fucking Ruben, the dark horse, the dude, Jeremy is low key goaded 
and I am firmly entrenched in the uh, for for viewers of the podcast who watched the last episode. We talked about CTV versus Opcat. I was a little more objective in that, but after thinking about it more, listening to a few other uh, takes on it, like firmly in the CTV camp um, over Cat. Yeah, one hundred percent. Wow. Like the only okay. reason that the only reason that Cat is relevant to people is number one, um, Blockstream developers are part of developing it. And Blockstream still seems to have like an outsized influence on people's opinions regarding tech developments. Um, but the other thing is too, I think that Udi and Eric really, like Udi and Eric keyed in on something that it, it's it's never about truth. It's all about narrative, right? Like it's it's all about like, how can you capture the cultural conscience with a certain idea and just push that. And I think that's a lot of what, like what the quantum cats thing is, is it's like recognizing that meme marketing is kind of like the best, you know, I don't know. It, it's like the silver bullet for certain things. Like Jeremy was like super sincere with CTV. He came forward with it. He was working on it before taproot. He had all of these use cases written out on his website. He had a programming language for it in Sapio. And everyone's like, nah, fuck that. Like, that might be a bad thing. But then, like, Udi and Eric come out with a fucking NFT collection. And suddenly everyone thinks that, like, Opcat is somehow on the same level of CTV in terms of how much work has gone into it. And it's not even close. Okay, like, but that doesn't say if Opcat or OpCTV is better than the other one, right? Like, the amount CTV, of work. CTV is 100% better. Okay. Well, it's interesting because like the opcat, it's, it's funny because CTV people might are not necessarily opcat. They're you know you can like you can be very hard pro, hardcore pro CTV and very hard against uh, cat. But the cat people, I feel like if you want cat, you all just buy it de facto. You also would just vote yes for CTV. So the Venn diagram, you know, is well, you can imagine how it looks. Um. I also think it's kind of interesting that, uh, you know, Shinobi made a point on the, the What Bitcoin Did pod that some people say, well, maybe we'd like to do TX hash. And, and his point is like, it's the same thing as CTV. It was just written by somebody else. It's functionally the same thing. The same, like, un, you know, even the same per perhaps perceived risk or unknown. So it's where i'm excited to see the the return of jeremy rubin i'm a jeremy rubin revanchist let's go back to the layer two thing i do think the or not the layer two thing the bitcoin season two thing i do think the layer two conversation is a catalyst around the season two right the idea that we could have a scanning solution outside lightning it's a little easier to use that's maybe involves some tokens which we'll get to in a second with this bitcoin magazine editorial decision I know, Colin, you don't like it, but it is bringing in like a whole new class. And then that goes back to inscription stuff, right, Charlie? So I'll hand it to you. Like, where do you see like the lines between like Bitcoin season two is like NFTs versus Bitcoin season two is like layer two talk. They all seem to be like morphing together. And it's just like all these people jumping onto the bandwagon, even if like the tech isn't there. Oh man, it's it's a bunch of things, right? And it's Bitcoin season two is a lot about the market wagging the the protocol's tail in a way, and the market's just going to go and beeline a direction. The degens are in the driver's seat, but you know you can corral and you can herd these degens because they're they have limited technical capabilities. Um, I 
I don't know where this goes. It is, it's going to feel a little bit off the rails. The, you know, you used to be able to be a Bitcoiner without having to really think at all about stuff that's not Bitcoin as far as tokens go. But now I think that ship has sailed. Um, if you're going to be a Bitcoiner, you're going to be surrounded by people throwing their fungible tokens and trying to shill these to you. And you're going to have to figure out how you communicate that about that. Because, and you know, this comes down to, this looks at the, the Bitcoin uh, magazine editorial policy. Like, I think is a really good, like, out the gate response on this because I have a document, which I've been maintaining and building, like cataloging all these layer twos, if you will, finger quotes, layer twos. And there are dozens of them now. Half of them have a token. And this is just the reality we live in. So now Bitcoin Magazine's got to re-clarify their editorial policy. And it's got everybody talking right now. Uh, yeah. What are your thoughts, Colin? I don't know. I think Shinobi was really good to... I don't know if he... I mean, he probably wrote this, right? It's It's published under Bitcoin Magazine. But I think that it's an important thing to have regarding how we approach layer twos because there are a bunch of different um there are many different uh, takes in terms of what's considered a layer two like some people don't think that things like um liquid or rootstock um are layer twos some people think like shinobi that like liquid and rootstock are layer twos but stacks which has its own native token is not um some people consider things like lightning which can be used completely um, without custodians or any sort of trust model is a, well, even lightning has a trust model, but there's just kind of like a, there, there's not really a clear definition of what a layer two is. I think that like the most general definition is that it is a, um, tech stack that is built using Bitcoin as the base layer that allows you to do things that the layer one cannot. Right. I think that's probably like the most basic definition. Um, and I think that everything else regarding, well, you know, it has this trust assumption, so it's not a true layer two. All this other stuff is kind of just purist semantics. Um, I, I'm generally of the mindset that like anything that tries to use Bitcoin as the base layer, as the as the base money in a system to scale it, to do things outside of the layer one, regardless of the trust assumptions, is probably a layer two. Because the other thing that I think people leave out is like, if you're a user, and you're opting into the system, you generally know the trade-offs, right? Like no one's grandmother is using liquid. No one's grandmother is using rootstock, right? Like no one's grandmother is opening up a, a payment channel and is like, and, and doesn't think like, oh, well, if I'm not online when this channel closes, then I could have all my money taken away. Like that's not what's happening. But Most that's the, the goal. <laughs> that's the end state. That's where they that's want to true. That's true. Yeah. I, you know, and, and who knows if we'll get there, right? Like no one's grandmother knows that we, that when you use a, any sort of URL nowadays, like the actual uh, web packets are encrypted, right? Maybe we'll get there with some Bitcoin stuff in the future um, that actually kind of ties into activating things like CTV in terms of uh, allowing for things like UTXO sharing and certain um, things like channel factories or other scaling solutions for lightning that would be more seamless. Um, you know, but anyway, I don't know. Can I uh, we, we throw might... some devil's advocacy yeah, in here? Yeah, there's some shit coins. Advocate for the devil, Will. I will advocate for the devil. So let's read from the article. It says on here after this pop-up ad will go away. Bitcoin Magazine's got to pay the bills too. Okay, use Bitcoin as a native <laughs> asset. The L2 must be a foundationally designed to use Bitcoin 
as its primary token or unit of account in the mechanism for paying fees for the system. If it has a token, it must be backed by Bitcoin. So in Ethereum land, we see a lot of L2s that have their own token, almost exclusively all of them. The only one that doesn't really right now is the base L2 from Coinbase, and they use ETH as the base asset. And it's unclear if Coinbase did that because they wanted to have ETH as the asset running that chain, that L2, or if it was because they didn't want Gary Gensler knocking on the door and being like, hey, you guys launched your own Coinbase token and it's fueling this blockchain. We don't like that. And so everyone thinks that's probably the second option. All these other networks have chosen to launch their own token. And we've seen a lot of people being upset with that from when Optimism first launched this token and you know, gave out its uh, token to sugar zaddies is what they called them. They just like airdropped tokens to everyone who had been like early in the team and had like, you know, gone on GitHub and made uh, corrections and fixed typos. And then we just saw that this last week with Arbitrum too, right? Where they also... I uh, just gave tons of different tokens to so many people who had interacted with Arbitrum and that's been going, or Starkware rather, is Starkware to correct myself. Arbitrum was two years ago. Arbitrum was a bit ago. Starkware was the most recent one. And there's a lot of controversy around that. Now, like the question is like, are, what's the purpose for this? And most people say, well, it's to incentivize building community. Like people are pretty upfront about that, right? Like if you have a token, you might be more incentivized to use that network and then get the flywheel kicked off. But Colin, do you think there's a world where any of these tokens actually help make the L2 work and it's better to use a different token than the base layer asset? And I think the only reason I could say that might be better is like if you want to have like more security within the L2 and you want to have a community using that, why not generate your own token and see if you can kind of create that network effect? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think that you see this with rootstock with like um, merge mining, right? Um, I'm, I'm not like totally sure about how the merge mining works in rootstock, but as far as I can tell, it's used to secure the sidechain. Um, and it, as far as I can tell that there's no like token uh, outside of the, of um, anything related to Bitcoin that is used in that merge mining process. Um, but I don't, I don't know. To me, like the tokenomics thing is just still kind of a hangover from the ICO boom. You know, like I, I think that a lot of people use tokenomics and things like that to stimulate, like you said, demand that's not there because people were expecting appreciation of the token versus people actually using the platform for utility, right? Um, so I, I'm generally of the mindset that, you know, any sort of layer two that can scale Bitcoin will scale it and gain market share based on the applications that it provides for Bitcoin versus anything that it promises in terms of token rewards. Um, I think that if you are trying to build a layer two that is built around a tokenized model, you're kind of building like a house of sand because you're only really promise like you're promising early adopters appreciation of that token for use of the system versus like something like, you know, lightning or another layer two where it's like, no, the application of this system in this network is, is the whole use case. So cheaper payments, faster payments, things like that. And I know a lot of people have said that lightning has not had not been a very big success and like, yeah, in the grand scheme of things, obviously not. But at the end of the day, you know, whether or not you consider custodial use good use or not, 
I can download Phoenix. I can download, um, you know, Wallet of Satoshi, and I can make Bitcoin payments in a minute. You know, for fractions of 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 what it would cost to transact on chain, and like that's the use case. Versus like you know, oh, you have this token system that is used as a weird kind of like incentive for scaling Bitcoin. I don't know. I'm just pretty like I'm pretty skeptical of any sort of tokenomics being inserted into layer two. I just don't really see it as necessarily useful or beneficial. We need to find the person who can argue against us because I'm with you. I think it's kind of stupid, but I could try. I could try a little bit. I mean, like, yeah, so, steel man, it steel man. Well, remember, remember when it was uh, happening? You know, I think back to like when ETH launched, and ETH, the narrative in ETH was that it's the world computer. Ethereum is this global settlement layer for a lot of things, compute. Um, and then ETH eventually discovered, a lot of people think this was always an error, but it wasn't, that, oh, well, we have to make Ether the monetary asset itself. And it has to be super, uh, you know, it has to be super sound or ultrasound. And there's always going to be a bend to... Uh, <laughs> ultrasound. Always, yeah, whatever. Ultrasound money. Ultrasound money. There's always going to be like an incentive to like, to like you know, to, to take whatever token was on the chain and like... Uh, and like make it the monetary asset. I think ETH might be kind of uh, pulling back again and redis maybe reconsidering what what Ether the token is. But um, I have seen that tokenizing shit is an incredible incentive. It is an incredible carrot. It's a huge it's a incentive. It's a dangle in front of the users, both degens and actual users. Who want it is a way to get people to engage and onboard your with your platform. Now, the big question is: 10, 15, 20 years from now, does the does the existence of a token actually do anything? Does that actually long-term hamstring your network? Should tokenized networks seek to transition to a Bitcoin native denominated token model? Um I personally, yeah, I can't, I can only steal man um, tokenizing things in so much as they are more like a lure to get people to use something and to engage and interact. The way to activate a community beyond that, so, they're this like very like directionless, frivolous thing that I think could create more malincentive than good. So, oh, you is that an actual steal man, which is kind of lame. Did Damn, I wait. Did did BZ is BZ in the chat right now, or is that? Oh yeah, BZ's in the chat. He'll be on this next week. No, wait. Actually, though, is that from Twitter or is that actually from him? Uh, I think it's Twitter. Might be YouTube. There's no one watching the YouTube. So, but so this is actually like a really. This is like this basically sums up my feeling on it. Because when you were talking about that, Charlie, like my i guess my question would be is like are people actually coming to use the product or are they coming to speculate because to me it reminds me of like the kind of but that's um, the bitcoin story that's why yeah that is the bitcoin, bitcoin story no but yeah but i mean to a point though right because like look like fucking like bonk token right like let's just talk about bonk oh, like no one's buying bonk being like oh yo this is like super hard censorship money bro i can use this to buy fucking drugs on the dark web bro i can use this as a store like no one is actually saying that but with something like bitcoin its earliest application was as censorship resistant money for for illegal things on the internet and like i still cite this 
as the purest use case for Bitcoin <laughs> because it proves why it's so good. I mean, I wish I could go back to me in college and slap me in the face and be like, ask yourself why people are using Bitcoin to buy acid on the Silk Road. And maybe you'll understand why it's going to be worth $50,000 one day. Like, dude, the Colin, same, you look, the same you way look that- like John McAfee in his uh, <laughs> in his uh, <laughs> it's a bunker a boat right now. That it was kind of looks a little insane. <laughs> you look. Alive. I know. I sound look like you have I, a Faraday cage around you. <laughs> I honestly kind of probably sound like like fucking Alex Jones. They're putting chemicals in the water that turn the frogs gay. And I'm over here um, saying, well, he's got a point. Yeah. Yeah. Right, get- but okay. So so wait. Sorry to finish my point without rambling. <laughs> um, you already rambled. ICOs and tokenomics are the same thing that I feel like are or that we see this are the same disease that we see in like modern financial markets where it's like, do we need another IPO for a company? Like, do we need another Uber? Do we need another DoorDash? Like there's this kind of like hype train effect where you're just investing in this thing because you expect everyone else will think that it's worth investing in. And it's this game of financial musical chairs where you just don't want to be the last fucker without a chair at the end of the game. And I don't know, tokenomics really just feel that way to me. It's like this kind of, you know, not to sound so fucking maximalist about it. Um, that is the Bitcoin story. Yeah, yeah. No, but Kareem just came out here and took the wind out of your sails. <laughs> Uh, You're putting that is, re- is replaying. He's got the DVD set of Bitcoin Season One that he's replaying. He's stuck in the loading menu of the DVD menu. He really is. Look at this tweet. This is this just popped up when I was scrolling here. Bitcoin L2s with a token are guilty until proven innocent. This is the safest way to proceed in a landscape with high grift potential. Stacks is the only exception currently, in my opinion. Building for years, long-term value line roadmap. That's from Jacob Brown. Uh, he may or may not have a stacks bag. I have no idea who this person he is. is. He is. Jake is a really great guy. Really, really sharp. Um, I'll probably hold off commenting on stacks for now. <laughs> That's my favorite point. Is like everyone wants to talk about tokens on Bitcoin and how they're terrible. But when it comes to stacks, everyone gets really quiet all of a sudden, and no one wants to. Boy, who's fucking using stacks? Uh, F two. Yeah, because <laughs> they are censoring. Okay, oh, let's okay. talk about. EVMs. Yeah, just dodge that question. <laughs> I didn't dodge it. I I answered directly. Let's talk about EVMs. So with BitVM and L2s and inscription fog, I think right now is a word I'm going to use. People see inscriptions. They know like NFT things are possible now, and now people are like deluded into thinking that inscriptions allow for L2s, and not really. But we do have like BitVM and people are talking about that. And now people are talking about like, can we put an EVM on top of Bitcoin? This, this week we saw Chainway launched Citria or they didn't launch it. They came up with their funding announcement. And that's supposed to bring an EVM to Bitcoin through BitVM. If we have an EVM on top of Bitcoin, that's going to be an explosion of tokens unlike anything we've ever seen. Like there are a lot of tokens on Bitcoin. Like BRC20s are things. There's tons of different token standards now. Are BRC twenties really tokens though? Anyway, let's put that aside. Let's not get that. That's gonna be <laughs> like a, a landmine. No, that's a question for Charlie. It's that's like, a landmine. What do you think? I, you think I'm, I'm known as like the like it's the BRC twenty. No, I know you. You are like the the best BRC twenty 
like simultaneous apologist, but also no, he's like been very critical of the standards. Like, this doesn't make any sense. But I'm also a realist. Anyway, great carrot. Let's yeah. go to okay. To, to, well, I mean, so to EVMs. Was, yeah, EVMs. Okay, I've I've got my like handy dandy list of EVM sidechain type stuff that's been rolled out or at least announced in the past, I think, 60 days. And I count 16 different EVM chains, which ref which are referencing Bitcoin. I think there's probably another 10, which I haven't actually like logged and kind of taken a look at. So we're looking at 25. We're going to have 50 EVM compatible, uh, EVM integrated Bitcoin side chains within by summer. It's, it's just a madhouse right now. Um, I guess people really, really want to compute things on Bitcoin. So if we have an EVM, like an EVM chain built on top of Bitcoin as an L2, is it okay to have tokens for that? Yeah. Like if we have a I mean, DeFi like, protocol like Aave I've, I've, built on I mean, top I think of... That that's, that's just like, that's inevitable, right? Yeah. So what's Bitcoin Magazine going to do? If like the entire world blows up and everything's tokens on Bitcoin, like are they just not going to talk about like the majority? That actually of... is a good question. I mean, they'll probably talk about some of them. Ooh, this but, is a good bet. Here's a good bet. Will Bitcoin Magazine capitulate and uh, remove that particular editorial policy? I don't know, man. I don't to. think so. I, I was no, I don't know, man. Maybe, but I was there when we made the decision to to pivot. And at to the pivot. time, I was actually to to pivot. So, like when I was working at Bitcoin Magazine, we covered everything, and then it was like I think midway or like towards the end of 2018, and or maybe it was like the beginning of 2019. And David Bailey was like, no, we only have to cover Bitcoin. And at the time, I was like super against it. I was like, this is fucking stupid. There are so many other things outside of Bitcoin that we could and should be covering. Um, I don't really understand why we would focus on only Bitcoin. I think that he's dug his like, it's like it's a moat, right? Like he's dug yeah. like Bitcoin magazine has dug their heels in so much to the point of where like they're the only game in town. Got to mix in so many fucking metaphors. But like they're the only game in town talking about Bitcoin only as like a Bitcoin maximalist publication. Um, I, I think that depending on how the tokens are structured, they might cover them. But I think generally speaking, there's going to be a lot of like guys like Shinobi aren't stupid, right? Like he's going to be really looking at what the actual, you know, EVM is, what the token is before he decides whether or not to cover it, you know? Like I mean, but the policy not, says he can't. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I maybe I they don't, don't know off the top of my head, but like, what is the amount of DeFi activity in stable coins market cap compared to ETH base layer? And I think that'll give you a good comparison about like what Bitcoin can, magazine can miss several out. Several magnet, several magnitudes more than ETH, right? It I mean, like be. Tether, Circle, and everything else have to be at least like what, like triple or quadruple or triple or double or triple like uh what's used for eve i mean this Even is just look cap. at Ma maker dow is probably the best proxy for this right just look at how much of maker dow is backed by other stable coins versus dylan we are going to keep arguing about this so get a red bull time is a time is a flat circle dylan welcome dylan we love Dylan Healy. Uh, as uh, as Leonardo da Vinci once said, nothing is true. Everything is permitted. But look, okay, ETH market cap as of right now, 
is like 350 billion that yeah that's quite market cap right now wow 350 billion eth has fallen from grace man bitcoin's yeah, fucking so, ripping compared to ETH. bitcoin at a trillion dude or do we I lose know. a trillion because it, it went down nah we're at a trillion. so compare Fuck that to all the DeFi activity the stable coin stuff the nft stuff and if you think about like all that activity coming to bitcoin if you become a bitcoin only focused publication or business frankly then you miss out on all that upside I think we're going to see some capitulation. I'm just wondering who it's going to be. Yeah, I don't know. I would be shocked to see if Bitcoin, like Bitcoin Magazine retreats on the maximalist. Because like that's like their whole angle at this point, right? Yeah. But you know, like, if Bitcoin does the fuel only... these things, it makes sense to cover both. Yeah, I think it just depends, right? I mean, like if Justin Tron launches a token through... His Excellency, uh, BBM. Colin, well, please be respectful. To. I mean, his, he's his announced. He telegraphed. He he like baby. He's running. You know, pointing with his bat to the back of the. You know. Okay, stadium. but this goes back to what I was saying, right? Like, I feel like everyone's just skating to where the puck is. Like, a lot of this shit is just hype at this point. Like, we don't even have. Like, we need Opcat or CTV. We need Opcat for BVM to work in a way that's actually scalable. And like, we need so many other things to be in place for this to actually become a reality. Like, to me, watching a guy like Justin Sun be like, oh, like Bitcoin's where the future's at. It's like, fuck you, dude. Like, it's been here the entire time. <laughs> you know, like, damn. It, like, I mean, come on. It, it's like to me it's a huge signal for where like where people think the money is going to be in the future it's just like it's no different from jumping on different hype trains throughout bitcoin's entire existence right okay um, so can i interrupt yeah no go for it i'm just fucking rambling dude what happens next then so i think we've established that there's a lot of grifting right now people are talking about BitVM and they're trying to confuse people they're saying like oh inscriptions are here now we can do l2s we know that's not the case we know that BitVM is still super immature and people don't really know what's going to occur with it. If you go into the BitVM chat, Robin is talking to people and being like, you know, nothing's really here yet, guys. Like, we're still developing this. The only thing that really seems like there might be something there is Citria as of now. I'm not going to divert into that. But what are we going to do with all these L2s, these Bitcoin L2s that are just completely LARPing right now? I think they're going to make a lot of money and get a ton of funding. Well, I know they're getting a lot of funding. Like these are the hot things on the VC circles right now. So everyone's talking about, but like fundamentally they don't work because we don't have OpCat or what you said, Colin, OpCTV or something else. To me, that just seems like there's going to be like new governance pressure because there's going to be all these startups with all these promises from this and uh, this money from VC companies. And they're going to have to start pushing on a different op code to go through. I mean, it's it's really interesting if we look at the last two cycles we saw the playbook uh get written extremely clearly the ico boom was uh a story of uh is a very nihilistic story of token launches last cycle was kind of this optimistic venture driven cycle and so now that you can't it's hard to copy and paste those back onto those other chains where do you go you look at the most pristine blockchain and you grift off of its tenure and its, uh, you know, uh, wide blue ocean of unspoiled block space. And you say, ah, well, if we just take this one grift, which didn't work last time, and we put it on Bitcoin, that lends it some credence. And the, the, venture, is, the venture playbook's pretty clear, which is get liquid exposure to a token. 
and get out. Now, I might be eating these words later, but uh, I think it's uh, it it that to me is an extremely obvious playbook that we're going to see this year and next. Barry, this is totally not off topic, but like I don't know if Hive knows what it's doing. Hive, like, if he's talking do... about Hive the Miner, <laughs> yeah, I think I'm sure is. they put a press Hive release out Hive about it. Watching. <laughs> Hive, Hive is like trying to do like AI shit, even though they like don't have actual. Uh, they're doing uh, AI L twos <laughs> with BitVM thrown in there. Our Nvidia H one hundreds will uh, open up channels programmatically. Um, well, Nvidia yeah, I, uh, Nvidia earnings today too, which is like the nerd Super Bowl. Uh, it's dude, up. and the Nvidia stock surge has been fucking wild. But like rip because Kramer just said that it's gonna keep climbing. Guys, so we can't just. We're not a. That's not us. Let's not talk about. No, Nvidia. we're talking about. Uh, we're, we don't talk about Nvidia stock. We Bitcoin just talk about season two prices. is big tent. Big tent. We can talk about things adjacent to Bitcoin. We don't only have. Oh, to I talk thought you about... said you said big tent. I thought you said big tent like the defunct conference. Okay, I actually want to piss <laughs> off Colin no, with one more topic. Fucking SEC maximalists over here. <laughs> Colin, what, why, why don't you like Opcat? And do you think that the Taproot Wizard thing is like a LARP for Opcat? They, you're convinced about CTV now, or what's your opinion on it? Um, I don't think it's a LARP. I mean, I think that, I think that Udi and um, Eric feel like pushing it will actually do things to benefit Bitcoin in the long run. I just think it's really interesting that like something with that doesn't even have a BIP assigned to it yet. Like like Opcat doesn't have a BIP number. That's Luke's fault. Yeah, but you can't blame Udi that? for that. Well, that, what do you mean? That's not Luke's fault. That's I'm just that's kidding. The fault of the people <laughs> designing the damn specifications. But like Jeremy Rubin has been around since 2020. Like before, I mean, he's been around for longer than that. But like he's been designing CTV from 2020 on before we had Taproot, saying like this is how you use it. Here's a programming language for it. Here are the use cases. And like what, you know, I just don't see that from the opcat crowd. It also just seems to me that like anything that you can get, and I could be total, I'm just going to go be bare as shit here. Um, like naked with my opinion, like this could be totally wrong, but as far as I understand it, like anything that you can do with opcat, you can do with opsy TV, but just, it's much more data efficient. Um, like opsy TV is literally like you take, a, a a you basically hash i'll push back i think um, i think preconditions for a transaction you could accomplish no, fuck you styles. charlie <laughs> no you could accomplish covenants <laughs> with cat but you can accomplish the specific ctv type covenants extremely inefficiently um <laughs> yeah that's kind of my match. point yeah that's kind of my cool. point is like why would you like why would you activate something with an op cat when you can activate opsy tv and get more functionality for like a smaller data footprint you know like if you like i i, I encourage anyone to go on i i wish i could find if i uh if you give me a second here once i'm done ranting will um the the cto of taproot wizards i can't pronounce his name ringel rindell how do you pronounce rindell yeah he, he he posts an opcat and shinobi has the funniest response to it it's like that's a lot of fucking gibberish insert 32 byte hash like yeah and that, that you know like i don't know that that to me seems to be a pretty convincing argument um 
to be charitable to Udi and Eric, like I think that for them, it's probably a matter of they see Opcat as being beneficial to something like BitVM. So they want to bring Ethereum like functionality to Bitcoin. Whereas like, I think other people, um, damn, Cypher coming in here, just absolutely, uh, absolutely bodying me. We're going to get Cy um, on this. Yeah. It's just going to be over. Yeah, I just, I'm just going to be eviscerated. We're going to have to put Colin away. Sorry. Look, like, why not, why not just have both? I guess like, that's the thing is like, to Cy's point, like we had OpCat before. It was disabled because we didn't have limits on how much data could be pushed through a stack. So you could theoretically DDoS uh, the entire network. Now Taproot mitigates against that. So we could have OpCat, but we could also have OpCTV. I guess I'm saying like, um, yeah, like we can have both, but I, I just think like we shouldn't be, I don't know if I had to, I had to choose between one or the other. I'd rather have CTV right now. I I, um, I think we're all pro CTV. The, uh, so here's the thing about the OpCat campaign, which I think is really unique. It and I this is I'm beating a dead cat here in a way, but like like Rindale actually writing out the script to accomplish CTV with Cat. Apparently that had never been done before. Like to me, that's wild. That like we have been talking about this shit for forever. Apparently, this idea that you can accomplish CTV with Cat comes from some like maybe Polstra, Andrew Polstra blog, which then somebody else references, which then somebody else references, and then nobody actually bothered to like write an implementation. That's kind of wild to me. And also, like if you were to try to Google anything about OpCat 60 days ago, um, good luck. It it virtually impossible to like divine where to even go for this and now if you do you're going to get a bunch of articles about cats and a bunch of weird threads from people trying to grind whitelist but you'll also get some really good information and insight which is packaged in a way that is digestible to the average person and guess what you just did you just you just opcode pilled 3,000 degenerate people who will like move mountains in order to implement any opcode. And yes, this is like, as Shinobi says, bringing the um, the hordes to the gate of Rome in a way. So you are kind of like riling up all of these, the, you know, these, these people. But I also think, okay, we'll just give these people sandwiches, make them, give them Reuben, you know, Reuben sandwiches. And they, they are so close. They know now what an opcode is conceptually. And they know that it requires a software. And they want to be a part of this. Um, I think this could turn into leveraging this energy and momentum towards uh, towards being a, a pro sandwich instead of pro cat. So I don't know. This is my kind of crypto. Yeah, we just need, we need to we need to capture the meme essence. Yeah, and and like one last thing to say here. I think that you know I agree with some points that would uh, that were made earlier that like. Like with things like transaction hash and opcat, like those came from developers that work at Blockstream or like the kind of like renewed proposals for opcat and then also transaction hash. Blockstream still has so much outsized influence in terms of what people see as being important for Bitcoin development. And I don't know. I just think that it's weird that there is this thing in CTV which like most people don't like, there's like, there are very few, there are like no good arguments against it. Um, 
there are no good arguments against it. And most people's arguments are against the activation process versus the actual thing itself. And people are just like saying, well, we can't move too fast here, guys. But then like people bring up something from like a bunch of Blockstream developers bring up something and then people just kind of treat it as like, you know, sacrosanct. Like, I just don't understand where like where, you know, it, it, this whole thing is a political argument. You're trying to be a big blogger, this Blockstream well, that's rant. The thing. I think Bitcoin season two is really just we let um, season one cool off. We had to fire a couple screenwriters because like you could not say anything critical about Blockstream without being immediately labeled a big blocker and kicked out of the conversation. Um, but yet here we are. It, it's almost like we needed a denouement or just a, a cool off period to pick ourselves off the floor from the block size wars because now we have a whole new cohort memories are short we uh we can now discuss these things and about malincentive and say out loud why not ctv um there's really i agree with you Colin. there's really no strong technical arguments against it that i'm aware of yeah a lot of people a lot of the arguments that i've seen is like people are upset with jeremy proposing um speedy trial for activation which is kind of another podcast topic entirely like a lot of people were uncomfortable with speedy trial um and for listeners who don't know speedy trial was basically a way for mining pools to signal their support for taproot um and really what it was is it was you know i'm kind of of the mindset that it was a way for miners to basically say we support this thing and are going to upgrade to it not it's not necessarily strictly a veto like some people said you know like it's not like miners being like no fuck this proposal we're not going to implement it it's made basically a way for them to say like we you know we're going to upgrade to this when the time comes and we understand that this is where the community is headed so um anyway okay let's wrap it up if you're in the audience still another 42 minutes if you're in the audience recommend a guest for next week when we throw this up again uh you said is it rigendal rigendal right ryan dell ryan dell ryan dell he's on the gordy show next week so if you are on the on the i think we should have a debate between ryan dell or andrew uh and andrew polstra polstra and uh, i can say his last name Jeremy's probably show. too amiable, though. Jeremy's Jeremy doesn't like to be like, public. Yeah, just like we have to lure, we have to like lure Jer- Jeremy out into being public. We'll get Jeremy on the show. We'll do, we'll do it. Like Jeremy. a, we'll do like a... Jeremy's a project. We'll do like a Project Veritas where he doesn't know he's being recorded. Just <laughs> <laughs> like publish it. Veritas. That's amazing. Okay, let's go into the sunset with this amazing video. Oh, no. Originally in Bitcoin, used to concatenate, which is a fancy word for join. You're going to like it, Colin. You're going to love it. Akimoto said, hmm, it's cool. I don't know, though. Could be used to DDoS. Think it's best if I remove this. Oh, we can. They want to bring you back. So good. Is it good? It's really I mean, I respect calling. this guy because he like puts up a song every day. Every That's day. Us, man. And this is actually kind of like, is it actually every day? Like yeah. even on holidays? Like his like wife. I like listening to him play for like three hours during the marriage. He doesn't like it. <laughs> Maybe he's the author of the song. Or the we need to see TV 
song now. We need a CTV song. All right, you got to turn it off, Will. You got to turn it off. This is the end of the show. All right, we'll that's see you actually, next week. I'm, I'm going to give him a. That's actually an okay. Like, that's a pretty decent couplet right there. Yo, George, what's good, brother? Okay, no, you have to stop it. Like, this, 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 this cannot go on. It's bad. No, the Vegeta meme. Are you serious? Goodbye. We'll see you next week on Bitcoin Season 2. Will Charlie Collin. Bye. This is y'all.